When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Dave. Hi, Eric. Hey, Dave. Do we curse on this podcast? Yes, Eric. Yes, we do. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to Adventures Adventures in Collecting. Collecting where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. All right, so this is a special episode. It is our first interview episode. So uh, the other voice you're used to hearing, my brother Dave, will not be with us tonight, but I have a special guest. You might know her from her work on Dr. Afra and Darth Vader and... Gwenpool at Marvel Comics. She's now a comics editor and writer at Valiant. Welcome to Adventures in Collecting, Heather Antos. Thank you. What a lovely, no pressure. I mean, <laughs> first <laughs> guest. You know, now I'm kind of sad uh, that I didn't listen to the last episode because I would do an impression of your brother. Um, that way they have a familiar familiar voice. I, I mean, just go as deep as you can and pretend you have a really big beard. No. <laughs> or don't. Or just don't. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever whatever you want to do. The world is your oyster, Heather. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for taking time to to be on our, our little podcast. Um and as I know you have not listened, um, we like to talk about toys. I, I like to look at toys. And I hope we're talking about the same kind of toy. Um, <laughs> oh, we, man, I wasn't even going to go there, but <laughs> I figure I had to. You know, the first time the first time I told somebody that my brother and I were starting this podcast and you know, we were going to talk about toys, my, my brain is thinking about the action figures and everything that's around me. And people are nodding and they're they're kind of like squinting at me. And I'm like, no, not those toys. I'm talking about action figures. Get your mind out of the gutter. I mean, we're going to curse a lot, but we're not going to talk about those toys. Those toys are cool, but there's probably another podcast for that. What if what if they were geek, those kind of toys? Because you know they're out there. Yeah, I'm sure there's ones that are shaped like lightsabers and stuff. I mean, I mean you could be. do a crossover episode one day. Just saying. Just putting it out there. It's all about that cross promotion. It is. It it's, is. It's the only way your podcast grows. Is you we're, getting ahead of, cross promote. <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But dare to dream. So the first thing that we talk about when we when we're on here, my brother and I, we talk about what is currently exciting us, what we're what we're um what we're buying, our hauls. So tell us a little bit about what you collect. Oh my gosh. Uh everything, a lot. Uh I know you guys specifically talk about toys, uh, but I, you know, being in comics, one of the things I do collect too is is books, right? Uh, so I collect a lot of comic books, a lot of original art. It's, um, and if you walk into my apartment in general, it is 
basically, I would say 60% Star Wars um, and 40% Marvel, mostly Gwenpool. Um, the majority of the stuff I collect now just for money's sake is just anything that Gwenpool is on. Um, for the listeners at home, uh, Gwenpool is a character I created at Marvel. Uh, I was going to say, why don't you tell us a little bit yeah. why you have this this preference for Gwenpool? Yeah, she's my baby. Um no, uh, yeah, she's, uh, so, uh, yeah, she's, I don't know, like, she's my baby. Uh, I, I was an editor at Marvel for several years, and during my time there, I co-created the character Gwenpool, uh, Gwendolyn Poole, um, and, you know, I was fortunate enough that she resonated with uh, fa- the fandom and took off and got her own series and is now appearing in toys and merchandise and video games and statues. And fans have made me jewelry featuring her comic art or uh, collages or even hand knitted me a Gwenpool doll. I know we're jumping ahead here. Yeah. But you're actually you're you are providing a perfect segue that I, I can't let go. Uh huh. You have this experience where you've created this character, you've and and she has resonated with all these people. And and it must be one thing to see your character, you know, blossom in in the original format. But what is it like to like I mean I'm looking at the Gwenpool Marvel Legends figure and she's currently photobombing behind Thor <laughs> with her tongue out, the peace signal up and uh, and a smartphone in her hand. What is it like to be able to hold one of your character like actually hold one of your characters? It's weird. Like <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm sure for people who have been in the industry much longer and have had this happen, you know, time and time again, it's, you know, they're a little bit more used to it. But even, even I was, I was talking with, with, uh, my boyfriend the other day, just about even like Deadpool characters that I worked on or different versions of Deadpool and Deadpool is a character, you know, who's been out for decades. Um, but specific, you know, arcs of his that I worked on have gotten, you know, different costumes or whatever. And there are now Funkos of that. And it's, it's so, it's so amazing. It's so weird. I like to, I like to equate it to, um, you know, as a high school or college kid, you're hanging out with your friends and you're sitting around a table and you're, you're talking about, you know, Star Wars or Marvel or you're, you're, you're pitching your dream stories. Wouldn't it be cool if, you know, Han Solo married Princess Leia? Um, Wouldn't it be cool if they had a kid and he became the next Darth Vader? Wouldn't it be cool if yada, yada, yada? Um, And like, that's my job is to do that. I get, I get paid to do that. And then to see that stuff come to life and resonate with people, because that's why we do it. Right. We do it for it to resonate with the fans. Um, It's, it's, absolutely incredible and surreal and then for it to resonate so much that people want to buy stuff with that character or wear stuff with that character or dress up as that character it, it it makes it so much more real um i've actually have a really great story um specifically regarding that marvel legends gwenpool figure that you have eric um that's that's her first action figure she had um, is that one. And I first learned about it 
three years ago at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando. I was at a dinner with a bunch of writers, artists, and some Lucasfilm people. And, you know, I'm there when we see the Rogue One trailer drop and I get to talk to Mark Hamill and like all of these things that should be the biggest deal of that show. Um, But I'm at this dinner and John Tyler Christopher, who does all of the designs for the Marvel Legends action figures, turns to me and he goes, oh, hey, I just did one for Gwenpool. Do you want to see it? And he shows me the design for this action figure. And I literally, I shit you not, I just burst into tears um, because, you know, it's not only is it her there, but he included uh, the penguin backpack um, which is, as you know, very special to me, uh, cause I adore penguins. I love penguins so much so that I suggested to the artists that Gwen have a penguin backpack and the penguin backpack has made it into the toy, which makes it so much more real that I contributed to this character. Uh, it, it, it's just, and it's very self-indulgent, but it's also amazing. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I get it because even even as a, a person who, you know, I had obviously had nothing to do with this character. Like I I just enjoy her. But looking at these, especially with the, the Marvel Legends, you know, that scale and the amount of work that goes into them, I look at them as pieces of art. Like I, I don't want them to live in the box. I take them out. I like to pose them. I like to inspect them, see all the details, like even down to and especially on that. Uh, on that Marvel Legends figure, you know, the, the details on her shoes, the backpack, the different heads, just the nuances of her, her eyes and her face. And I bought, went out and bought the figure. You know, I, I remember seeing her on the pegs, I think at, at Walmart or, or Target. And I knew of the character. And this was before, uh, before I met you. And um, I met you, you told me about the character. And I went out and I, I bought volume one and I read it. And I've, I closed volume one <laughs> and I calmly walked downstairs, put my shoes on, grabbed my wallet, my keys and drove to the store. And I was like, I need to own that figure. <laughs> and as soon as I got her out of the box, I'm, I'm like flipping through the pages of volume one. And I'm like, man, like, damn, they, they fucking nailed this. Yeah. Like, look at how, how perfect, like even like little things like the, the shape of like the way that the mask bends when she smiles Mm -hmm. like the amount of care that went into the sculpt of that figure it's obvious and like there are some where you can see they're they're phoned in like they know that they have a wave of figures that they have to put out and they have the build a figure pieces and all of them and it's like all right we're gonna do guardians of the galaxy volume two we're gonna do star lord and we're gonna do gamora we're gonna do rocket and it's just like, okay, you know, like there's that figure that's just thrown in where you can see it's reused parts. She was clearly a labor of love. Like that was very obvious. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just incredible. And like, even, even beyond, I think I was even more uh, elated when Dr. Afra and Triple Zero and BT, when some of the Star Wars characters I worked on, um, were because were created because uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the first uh, Dr. Afra figure that came out, the Hasbro six inch, um, she was a fan vote. 
Uh, yep. and she, I, I voted for her. Did you, I don't even, I don't even collect the six inch figures, but like I'm on all those websites yeah. where they were having the polls and everything. Um, and I, and I, I definitely voted for her. Yeah, I, and, and, I wanted to see her come to life. Well, and she was up against like Ahsoka and the emperor and she was up against like fan favorite, like legitimate fan favorite characters. And so I was just flattered that, you know, she was included. Um, but I didn't think, especially up against Ahsoka, I didn't think that she had any shot of winning whatsoever. Um, and then she won and, and she's a toy and like to have, (laughs) I don't know, like there's something about like star Wars fans are some of the fiercest fans out there. Um, and Lucasfilm is very, picky about what they choose to to put out there especially now as they're you know reestablishing canon um and so for lucasfilm and the fans both to acknowledge afra and triple zero and bt as a very important part of the new the new saga um it's it's very affirming, you know, and it's very validating to all the work that, that we've put into creating her and telling her story. And, um, I'm, I'm staring over at my collection of Dr. Afro and triple zero figures right now. And they look lovely. I'm doing the same. I, I currently have my, my single carded, uh, Dr. Afra is, is sitting on the edge of the millennium Falcon. Nice. And then my, uh, the San Diego comic-con exclusive three pack. It's actually the only, Star Wars action figures that I have not opened. I love the the vintage packaging on it, and even though that's the only way to get Triple uh, Zero and BT at at the moment, um, they're living in the package because I it's just I I can't I don't have the heart to open it for some reason. I don't I just can't touch that one. I don't. Well, it's yeah. I don't open. I open my Funkos, but my Gwenpool action figures. I have the. Uh... I have the May Effects Gwenpool and Evil Gwenpool and then the Marvel Legends Gwenpool. Like those are all still in their boxes. My Black Series Afra is still in boxes. Um, yeah, but Funkos, I don't care. Funkos, I'll take out of the box. I'm sorry, all you Funko people. <laughs> I, I feel like we didn't give enough justice to, to Dr. Afra just now. We like mentioned her and talked about how cool she is, but where where did i i know the story of where dr afra came from but i don't know if a lot of other people do i tell us a little bit about your uh your your indiana jones of the uh of the star wars world <laughs> well she's the indiana jones of the star wars world all right cool let's move on all right so no <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it, it, she yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> again it's all self-indulgent no um Indulge, indulge away. Yeah, uh, we're we're uh, talking, you know, planning the new Darth Vader series. Uh, Jordan, uh, Lucasfilm Story Group, Kieran, and and everyone involved. And um, Kieran started talking about he wanted to do this like space archaeologist character. And I had just come off very recently, having just moved um, and graduated college and moved from Michigan over. I just completed a a six year. Uh, Star Wars tabletop RPG game of a uh, tech specialist uh, droid creator named Alatia, um, who's very similar to the things we were talking about with Dr. Afra, and, and it just kind of morphed into this character that I've played uh, in a Star Wars D&D campaign for six years that was, you know, she... I've always been fascinated by the Star Wars characters that aren't 
Jedi that don't have force abilities. Um, I've always been fascinated by those stories of the, for lack of a better term, normal people in these abnormal situations. Um, how do they survive? How do they get by? Um, and I feel like Afra is a very, very good example of a survival uh, or a survivor in a very, very risky, scary, war-torn situation. Um, you know, she's not necessarily good. She's not necessarily bad. She just wants to live and get by. And I think that's very relatable and fun. Um, and to have someone who has the balls to stand up to Darth Vader <laughs> is uh, crazy. I think crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cra crazy's She's she's definitely a little crazy. Uh, she's she's a little um, fly by the seat of her pants. A little bit. A little bit. But yeah, also, but bit. also not right. Like also, she very clearly because I mean, spoiler alert for those of you who don't know and haven't read, uh, but she very clearly planned out her her way to fake her death. Right. Like. Yes. If one could be extremely calculated while also flying by the seat of their pants, they would be Dr. Afro. I feel like, and this is a thing, actually, I think she and I have, we're very, very similar is she's extremely smart and extremely capable. So when she knows she needs to plan something out, she's very good at it, but she also doesn't like putting in a lot of effort into things. If it's not worth it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's very lazy. Um, Work smart, not hard. Exactly. No, and that's that's. I, I'm very much the type of person where I'm like, I really want this, but I don't want to get it, so it's not worth it. So I'm not going to do it, but I still really want it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but it's just not worth the effort. And so, but but I feel like staying alive was worth the effort for Afra, and so she she put the plan into motion. I mean, life is is kind of important, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially especially when you're roaming the galaxy and uh, and selling off artifacts. Well, there you go. Uh, well, and she did yeah. she did still owe Black Crescent a lot of money. So, <laughs> yes, yes, Every, everyone's favorite other Wookiee. Yes. So, speaking of things and wanting things, mm -hmm. right? One of the things that that we always talk about, my my brother and I, and I always talk about as collectors, and I feel like it's one of those things where when you're on the web and you're you're in one of the you know like either a subreddit or one of the forums, you know, talking about toys, one of the first things that comes up is what's that toy that you want? Like, what's that toy that you know Hasbro or Mayfax or uh, SH Figure Arts, that toy that you wish that they would just make already? I want a Dr. Afra Funko. They haven't made one of those yet? They haven't. No, they haven't. And it's driving me crazy. They have like three different versions of Chandler from Friends at this point. Yeah. But they don't have Dr. Afra. They don't have Trip Zero. Uh, they don't have BT. They don't have those Funkos. And I feel like like Triple Zero and BT Funkos would be very easy because they're just R2 and C3PO repaints. Absolutely. Um, like they already have the molds. They don't need to make a new mold. And even for Dr. Afra, her mold is very easy. It's I feel like it's very similar to other characters they've already done. Again, it's just a repaint. Um, they haven't done it yet. And, and I'm like, Hasbro's done it. Um, why can't they just get off their ass and do it? I also do really want an Afro Kotobukiya statue. Um, cause BT and triple zero have them. 
Um, Wait, what? They oh, made they made the droids before they made the maker. <laughs> they made yeah, yeah, exactly right. That's a little uh, backwards, <laughs> right? Uh, they made yeah. What was it? Uh, Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Triple uh, Zero and BT were the uh, uh, Kotobuki exclusives for the show. And so I jumped on those. You bet your dollar, your bottom dollar, I did. Um, and and literally while I was there picking them up, I I I talked to the reps and I was like, guys, what the fuck? <laughs> and they're like, no, we know, we know. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I made her. <laughs> I only collect her now. You are. If you want my money, you will yes. make her. No, I, I think she'd be a hot seller. I mean, if to your point, right? So you had the first time that she appeared as 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 an action figure through Hasbro, she was up against. I mean, literally, that that vote started as a blue sky vote, where before they whittled it down to like that final. I want to say it was like eight characters. It was literally comment here. And comment with the character in the entire Star Wars universe, canon and non-canon, that you want Hasbro to make. And out of all of those, I mean, that's hundreds and hundreds of characters. If you think about even some of like the characters in like Return of the Jedi that are hanging out in, in Jabba's palace that are on the sail barge, like that get FaceTime in the films that have not been made into any scale figure, whether it's six inch or three and three quarter. And this, I don't want to say relatively obscure, but you know, a comic book character beat out all those characters and she's not a Funko pop like that to me is like, it, it's absurd. It, it is. It is kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's super, super crazy. Uh, fans have been asking Funko for it for years. I have been every, like at, once every couple of months, I, I put a, I poke a thing on, on Twitter and, and, I'm just like, what the fuck, Funko? Um, <laughs> and you get responses on Twitter too, so I I'm do. surprised. I do, and and like I used to collect all of the Star Wars Funkos. Um, I own about a hundred Star Wars Funkos, and then they got to the point where Phantom or not Phantom uh, Force Awakens was coming out, and then they're like, now we're gonna have six different versions of this one character, and I was like, I don't make enough money to do this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, once I like actually thought about how much money I had spent on these Funkos, but like my Star Wars Funko collection, it's I'm very I'm very proud of it. Uh, and I want a Doctor Afra, goddammit. Well, Fun Funko, uh, if you're listening, which which you're probably not, um, at least not yet, not yet. This we'll is this you, is another we'll request. You, we'll get you that sponsorship. <laughs> oh boy, my brother would be through the roof. Um, <laughs> if if you're listening, we want our Doctor Afra. God damn it, we do through gritted teeth. We want our Doctor Afra. It's important. So we've gone over we've gone over the the, the major characters here. Uh, we we know what you're collecting. We know what you want. Mm -hmm. But I I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you right. So I feel like the majority of these toys, these action figures, even the, even the Funko Pops, I feel like there is kind of this aura around them, or maybe that's not the right word, this perception that these toys are for, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes here, for boys, right? Mm -hmm. Action figures have always been, even in the commercials going back to when we were children and, you know, 
my, my brother, who's a little bit older than, than we are, you know, when he was a kid, we're always boys playing with these, these action figures. And, you know, the, the girls toys were reserved for like the dolls and the fairy things. And, you know, the, just a whole different world of, of pink and lavender colored plastic. Right. Mm-hmm. How do you think that these strong or how do you feel about these strong female characters being turned into like action figures? Do you think that this is opening up doors for, you know, full disclosure, I my my daughter will will be four by the time this this episode airs and I encourage her to play with my old action figures and she helps me set up my my new Marvel Legends and she loves watching, you know, helping me go through all of my Star Wars figures and she plays with them. Mm-hmm. And she takes them and, and they mix right in with the little Disney princesses that she has and, you know, the other toys. They 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 all play together. And I love watching that. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love, love, love watching that. And I would love for this this perception to go away. But I don't know how we get there. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing. Like you, you bringing this up. um, because it, it made me start thinking about my childhood and what, what my toys were that I played with. And um, I did have, you know, I did have my Barbie collection as as a girl, but I I was the only girl in not just uh, my my immediate family with my brothers, but even my extended family. So I had all boy cousins. I was the only girl. And so though I had my Barbies that I played with, um, their houses were built out of Legos. Um, and I took my brother's Legos and, and I made, you know, the, the stable for my Barbie's horses was made out of Legos and, um, they had a Lego car and, um, I had my own collection of action figures that were based off of all of the classic Disney films. So I had, and I had a giant tub filled of these that all the Aladdin action figures and all the Lion King action figures and all the Hunchback of Notre Dame action figures and all of the Pocahontas ones and all of these. So for me, um, action figures were a very normal part of my childhood. Um, and so in my brain, there really isn't a, you know, a, a, a wall or a barrier between, you know, what's meant for boys or what's meant for girls. You know, I, that's very clear when you walk into a toy store or a Walmart toy aisle and you see, oh, clearly the boy aisles, the one with Batman and Power Rangers and, you know, all of this stuff and it's black and blue and action and, and then the girls aisles all pink. And, um, but again, with, you know, Star Wars and the Marvel films and the, you know, um, Wonder Woman and Batman, with with all this being in the cultural zeitgeist right now, um, those lines are getting blurred a little. And I think that is just so, so cool Um, because, you know, they want, you know, you have the Justice League film. And so Wonder Woman is going to be in the action figure pack. So the girls are going to want that Wonder Woman. So they're going to wander into that aisle. Um and and vice versa right you're gonna have that crossover and i think it all comes down to and i would like to uh praise you because i think you're doing it right where you're you're normalizing it with maddie um with your daughter and uh it's it's a normal thing it's a celebrated thing for her to mix and to play and and to just you know it there's no 
you know, toys are toys. There, there's no distinguish between what a boy or girl can play with. And, and, and I think we're seeing that too with the new, new films featuring, um, strong female leads specifically in star Wars. Um, one of my favorite experiences I had when force awakens came out, I was still working at Marvel at the time. And, uh, one of the higher ups and creator services brought his like four year old son around, um, just to the different offices and to, to, you know, check out Marvel and, so he brought him to the Star Wars office and I was talking with him and I was like, uh, asking him if he'd seen the movie and he said he had, and I asked him who his favorite character was and he goes, Ray. And his dad goes, he even, uh, wants to be Ray for Halloween. And I just thought that was so cool that, you know, here we have the future basically, um, and this little kid who, doesn't see, oh, this is a girl I can't, I can't like this character because I'm a boy. It's someone who just sees a character doing cool things that he thinks is badass. And so he wants to emulate that um, and be like that. And it's, and it just happens to be a woman. Um, and that's so cool. Uh, and, and like, that's how we normalize it. That's how we get there is, you know, we as adults need to show the younger generation that it is normal and it is okay and it is fine and not make a big deal out of it. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it's tough, especially when it comes to star Wars, because you know, there's really no easy way to tiptoe around it, but it, the, the community is the, these new films, the, the, the Disney, the Disney backed films have been very, unfortunately, very di- divisive mm-hmm. amongst the community. And you have a lot of this, extremely toxic behavior and you know people who are down so hard on some of these characters like uh poor rosemary tran like everything mm-hmm. that that she went through after the last jedi and having to like dis pretty much disappear mm-hmm. it, it's it's just it's i i have always been a, a very big proponent for like defending star wars where like i'm I'm into the I'm into the story, you know. I've lovingly embraced with opening open arms the the gaping plot holes of the prequels, <laughs> and you know, like and all of it. And when these new movies came out and people reacting the way that they were, it was just like I I almost felt like I didn't belong in in the community anymore. Even like looking at the going into the toy aisle and it's like just rows and rows and rows of rose figures mm-hmm. and you know, asking why, like, why, like she, she's pretty much one of the, she's, she's one of the main characters in the last Jedi and her role was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like she was the beacon of hope when everything was failing, Mm -hmm. when every single thing was failing in that, in that film, she was the one that kept everything going, whether it was the scene when they were on Canto bite or whether when, you know, she stopped Finn from killing himself you know, she it, w- without her, we would not have the story, and and that's not uh, an issue of of poor writing or like bad character development. She is as important to the story as you know, f- for a lack of a, a of a better comparison. I mean, in, in that those original films, she's as important as as Princess Leia was. Oh you know, yeah, it, 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 the story is not going anywhere if you don't have characters like that. And I love seeing 
these strong female characters. I, I don't know whether it's just m- my personality or the fact that I, I have a daughter and I want her to have the same thing that I had growing up. You know, being being a, a white dude, you have tons of white dudes to look up to. Mm-hmm. Like just fact. Like we we Take do your pick. and Take yeah, your pick. right. <laughs> and I you know I I'm very fortunate and I I don't take that for granted. I I know that you know things are a, a whole hell of a lot harder for a lot of other people, but my. I want my daughter to have those strong characters. And when I realized sitting opening night, watching Force Awakens, going, Oh man, this is like this is no joke. Like Ray, this this is Ray's story. Like, yes, it's part of the Skywalker saga, but this is Ray's story. I I still I'm I'm getting chills just saying that right now, knowing that, you know, when Maddie grows up, if she decides to continue down this dorky road i've i've set her upon that she'll have these characters to look up to and who knows who knows what's going to happen in the next film you know there's that moment in the trailer where it looks like she's she might be a little going going either dark or it's a you know some sort of vision but still like she has these extremely strong extremely intelligent extremely admirable characters to look up to and i i just i wish there was a way to unite as strongly as the toxic crowd has (laughs) to to kind of try to undo what they're doing and it's it boils down to everything it goes from the storytelling and the film all the way down to the 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 action figures it's just it's it's incredible no i agree i i 100 agree and and i think you know um you know, say, say what you want about the, the, the storytelling or, you know, if, if things happen the way you wanted to, whatever, in, in the Star Wars movies, like uh, the coolest thing is, you know, for, for women right now is before we got, all we got was Princess Leia in the original trilogy. That's it. That's all we got. Um, we got her. Um, and in the prequel trilogy, we got Padme and that was it. That's that's who we got. And this new onslaught of movies, we have not only do we have multiple women, um, but we have an age range in those women. And that, I think, is one of the coolest things is as we have, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher and Laura Dern repping um, your your more fine wines of ladies um, and then you have, you know, the new and oh my gosh, uh, Star Wars fans kill me, but I can't remember the lady in the solo film. Uh, uh, Val, Val, uh, Sandy Newton. Um, we have her, we have, you know, we, we have this, this range of, of races and ages and of all these very, very talented women, which is a thing we've just never had before. And it's so awesome to see yep um, and even that, in the in the cartoons in the in the tv exactly. shows too the 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 ahsokas and the you know the the other members of the jedi council you yeah. know that, that are out there the barasafis and 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 like and this being presented as normal to the next generation like it's only it's only going to make things more inclusive and and better and and, you know, seeing it in our films means we're going to be seeing it in our toys. So not only do we see them on the screen, but the kids are going to get to play with them um, and, and, and see that normal, too. And, and that's, that's so, so, so beautiful um, to see that despite the toxicity that 
you know, we experience in the present, um, because this wasn't normal for these people, for, for those people's childhoods, it is going to be normal for the next generation. So hopefully with that, that toxicity will subside. Yeah. Nothing made me happier than when I bought, I, I have wanted the, the, the Graflex, you know, the, the, the standard Skywalker lightsaber for a very long time. And I always kept passing on it and passing on it and passing on it. And finally, I, I got a really good, good deal on it. I actually found it on clearance, um, the most recent Black Series one. And I just had a big shit-eating grin on my face when I picked up the box and I saw that it was <laughs> Ray's lightsaber. Yeah! And I, and I just, I picked it up and I was just like, oh, I could, I can feel your hate. <laughs> I can feel your hatred. <laughs> it's flowing through you. Like, I, I could just like, oh, like, it just made me so happy to see that. And then I, of course, took it out of the box and it's the same lightsaber that, you know, we've known oh, and it's loved the exact, for yeah, 40 it's years. Exact same one. And I was just like, oh, you brilliant bastards. You uh, you are absolutely brilliant. I, I hope this didn't cut that deeply into your sales, but just seeing her face and it saying Ray's lightsaber was just like, ah. Yeah. Like, perfect. Yep. <sighs> make those make those fanboys angry. The little wins. It's all yep. about the little victories. Yes. I agree. <laughs> So Heather, what 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 can we what can we plug for you? What do you have going on? Oh man, uh, when is this going to be live? This is going to be live uh, September thirtieth. Oh my so, gosh! So next next Monday. Next Monday. Um, so uh, the thing I want to plug technically then doesn't get announced till tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so I guess I would say follow me on Twitter. And Instagram at Heather Antos, uh, so you can see the thing that I'm going to announce that is really big and I've been working on all year and I'm very excited for. That's it. That's it. <laughs> should, should, they, should they send pictures of penguins at least? Send pictures of penguins. And if you're going to New York Comic Con um, and you see me, um, come say hi. I have bright pink hair. Listen, thank you so much for for joining me again i know i've thanked you like six times already. i'm gonna i'm not even gonna edit them out i'm gonna leave them all in because i want to fanboy a little bit Aww. i think i'm allowed i think i'm allowed um yeah and um and uh sh shout shout out to to heather's heather's boyfriend with, <laughs> with whom with whom i would not have met this this wonderful human being that you're you're hearing from on this episode there you go. Oh, rub his ego. He'll be. He'll yeah. Be, he'll be thrilled. Well, if, um, if I do it, if I do it enough, his head will get so large that he will not be able to exit his apartment. So we got to be careful. <laughs> we just gotta. We got a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. There you go. There you go. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. This is so much fun. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours.